hydrate or dehydrate. Am I right? No. What a cute little pic. Usually looking like a weirdo. Looking like a weirdo. Look, looking like a weirdo. We're looking like a weirdo. Davis and welcome to Teachable Tuesday. I can't wait to chat with you about all things Jesus. Let's do it. Pray with me in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Mm, come Lord Jesus. Father we thank you that you're already here. That you never leave us nor forsake us. We ask for the special intercession of all of our patron saints, our guardian angels. Surround us with your protection. Cover us with your peace. Shower us in your love, Lord. This is who you are, God, a Father. Lord, we um, surrender our hearts to you and we give you this time together in your word, in your presence. We offer it back to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, friends, well, if you've been around here for the past couple of weeks, you might have noticed a little theme happening, a little theme kind of coming up in all of our topics, right? I have been recommending some different ways to pray. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about the power and the effectiveness of praying novenas. I urged you to take up a devotion to the rosary, to get to know Our Lady who is the perfect mother. And a few weeks ago, I urged you all to return to Mass. And maybe, if you're already back at Mass, to adopt a new way to pray, a new discipline of prayer, and to incorporate daily Mass into your spiritual life. So I've been suggesting all of these ways to pray, not because I want you to do more stuff, but because I want you to be holy. I want you to be happy. And really those two things, they're one in the same, holiness and happiness. The only way to be happy is to follow Jesus, to give your life to Jesus, which is why last week I gave you an opportunity to commit your life to follow Jesus or to recommit yourself to take up the cross, right, and follow him, to fix your gaze on him once again. And really, that's a decision that we have to make every single day. So no, I don't just want you to do more things. I want you to be holy. I want you to be happy. And that's why today I'm gonna make another suggestion because now that you've committed your life to follow Jesus or recommitted yourself, right, you made a firm resolution to follow Jesus, I want to help you keep Christ at the center of your life. And how can we do that, you might ask? Well, I want you to turn to God's word. I want you to spend time every single day in the scripture. If you wanna keep Christ at the center of your life, read his word, learn his voice, soak in the word, marinate in it, allow it to integrate into every part of your mind, your heart, your body, your soul. That's how effective the word is. The word is living and active, tells us in Hebrews. And my favorite verse about the word, Luke 8, 11, says the word is a seed. In the parable of the sower, Jesus is talking about how the word works in our lives. When the word goes out, right, it's planted into our hearts. If we cultivate it, 
if we nurture it, the word will grow up. It'll grow deep roots and it'll bear fruit in our lives. But I wanna share with you today one of my favorite verses about the word. It's a promise for those of us who read God's word daily, for those of us who love God's word and want to live it. You can find it in Isaiah chapter 55. We'll start at verse 10 and read verses 10 and 11. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So all the way back, before Jesus, before the parable of the sower, we have the prophet Isaiah promising what the word will do in our lives, giving us that image of the sower sowing seed, giving us the image of the word as a seed, right? And how does that seed work? Well, it goes out from his mouth, the word, goes out from God's very mouth. It shall not return to me empty. That means it will always accomplish what it set out to do. It shall accomplish what I purpose. I, the Lord, purpose. God uses his word to bring about his will in your life and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So if you read the word, if you hear a promise from God in the word, understand that it will not return to you void. It will accomplish God's will in your life, the purpose that he has for you, for your life, and you will succeed. The word in you will succeed in the thing for which God sent it. Those are some pretty hefty promises, right? We can hang our hat on that promise. We know that the word is living and effective. Again, we read that in Hebrews. How do we make this reality true for us, right? Because God is telling us that his word is living and active, that it's a seed that will be planted in our soul and grow deep roots and bear lasting fruit, that it will accomplish God's will in our lives. So how? How do we make this reality the truth for us? How do we experience this truth and power and purpose of God's word for ourselves in our lives? How do we cooperate with God in his word? Father Jacques Philippe in his book, Thirsting for Prayer, puts it this way. What makes possible this inner illumination that gives us access to the riches of the word, I think the essential thing is a genuine desire for conversion. If we read scripture while praying, confident that God is awaiting us there, and in a sincere desire for his word to touch our hearts, show us our sins, lead us to a true conversion. And if we are resolved to put into practice what he tells us, then the scripture be illuminated for us. That is the main secret of exegesis. Okay, so if you want to read scripture and you want it to be effective in your life, Father Jacques Philippe is giving us these three basic ways to cooperate with the word in our lives. The first is confidence that God is waiting for us when we read the word. The second is that we have a sincere desire for his word to touch our hearts, to show us our sin, and to lead us to true conversion. And finally, we have to be resolved to put into practice what we read in the word. Okay, so this is now gonna be our, our lens for reading scripture. The first is confidence. Confidence that when we go to read the word, 
that God is waiting for us. Now, there's maybe some obstacles in the way of believing that God is with us when we pray. We're distracted, we don't get it, we're intimidated by it, we don't know the whole context, we don't have a degree in theology. So we've kind of adopted this view that we're never gonna be able to understand the scripture. Well, that's a lie straight from the pit of hell. You can understand scripture. You have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, helping you to understand God's word for you. You've got to trust the Holy Spirit. If you're in a state of grace, if you're seeking God, right, you can trust the Holy Spirit will help you to read the word. What about when we're not feeling it? What about when we don't feel like God is with us when we sit down to pray? We're, we're just eking out these few minutes of quiet, right, before the baby wakes up or before we've got to go pick up carpool or while we're falling asleep at night before bed. How do we believe that God is waiting for us? How can we be confident that God is waiting for us even when we come in our weakness, in our sin, with just our, our little bit? How can we grow in confidence? Well, I wanna urge you to make an act of faith. Every time you open God's word, I want you to decide that God is with you. That means you might have to preach to yourself. You might have to tell yourself, uh, God is with me. God, you're here. Thank you, Lord, that you're listening. Lord, thank you that you've sent me your Holy Spirit and I can understand your word with your help. We've gotta preach to ourselves because our feelings are not facts, especially when it comes to faith. Right? So make an act of faith. Every time you open the word, decide God is here. God is here. If I'm reading God's word, that means I'm hearing God's voice. How can I hear someone's voice who's not here? It's impossible. God is with you when you read the word. So we've gotta start from that place of confidence that place of faith that God is with us when we read his word. Secondly, we have to have a sincere desire. Sincere desire for his word to touch our hearts, to show us our sin, to convict us of our sin, and lead us to a true conversion. Essentially, we have to have an open heart that the Lord can have his way in us, that he can use his word to convict us or to encourage us or to instruct us, right? There's, there's a trust there and a vulnerability there that when we make ourselves available to God, he's gonna use his word to be most fruitful and effective in our lives. Now, what if you don't really have a desire even to read scripture, much less a desire uh, for the word to touch your heart or show you your sins or lead to a true conversion? What if you're struggling with just apathy? The word feels dry, you don't get it, you don't really have time for it. I want you to pray. Pray for a sincere desire to engage with God in his word. It's as simple as saying, God, give me the desire to read your word. Give me the desire to be converted. Give me the desire to be convicted. Give me the desire to be converted. I'm so comfortable right now, God. Would you give me the desire? And finally, the last step, right? If we want to effectively engage in the word, cooperate with the word in our lives, we have to be resolved to put into practice what God tells us. And really, this is the foundation for BISVBS, our Blessed Is She virtual Bible study. We want you to come to the word and come away from the word every single day, understanding that God is speaking to you, that his word is active in your life and applicable to your life right now. And finally, to, to take him at his word, to resolve to put into practice his word. The simple way to resolve to put into practice what you read is to read scripture looking for one 
takeaway. I just want you to read whatever you're reading in scripture, wherever you start. I want you to listen and pay attention. Pay attention to those movements in your heart for one takeaway. Because when we intentionally listen for that, when we zero in on what God is saying, we can go away and, and work with God to make that one thing, that one takeaway, bear fruit in our lives. We want that one takeaway to change who we are, to, to make us more like Christ, to change our lives. So we resolve to, to let God do his work and have his way in the word. You know, blessed is she, uh, we have five core values and one of them is the word of God. So as a team, we've made a commitment to read God's word every day for 10 minutes a day. And I wanna extend that invitation to you today. If you wanna keep Christ, at the center of your life, read scripture for 10 minutes a day. You've got 10 minutes, right? 10 minutes right before bed, 10 minutes while you're reading, or while you're drinking your coffee and reading the paper, 10 minutes over lunch, instead of opening up your phone, right? You've got 10 minutes when you're waiting for an appointment. Read scripture for 10 minutes a day because God will convert your heart. He'll increase that desire to be converted in your heart. He'll show up, he'll speak to you so personally. The word will change your life. I want you to hear God's voice. I want you to know his voice. I want you to receive his love. And we do that by reading the word every day, every day. We keep Christ at the center of our lives every day by reading his word. Would you pray with me? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. God, we love you. We love your word. Lord, I, I just sense that in some of our hearts, there's, uh, there are obstacles to reading your word. Maybe it's the way the word was used against us. Maybe we're believing the lie that we're stupid. We don't know enough. We're not smart enough to understand. Maybe it's that we think we don't have time, but Holy Spirit, right now I ask you to blow away all of those lies, all of those excuses, and to cut through the noise. Help us to hear your gentle invitation to meet you in the word. Help us to hear your voice, God. Help us to uh, make time Lord, we know we have the time, but help us to use our time well to meet you in the word. Thank you that you're speaking to us in the word. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, my friends. I'll see you next week.